Hey guys, this is Pastor Zach, and you are listening to Sermon Notes here at HPC. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Revelation. Now I'm going to try to piggyback of what Pastor Zach did. Revelation always scared me. I... I never, for, there were years that I wouldn't even touch Revelation. I'm like, it's a nice book that ends the Bible, but I'm good. We'll leave it there. <laughs> but then you know what happened? I had to have a mind change. Because to me, because of what everybody had said and what everybody was interpreting and reinterpreting and misinterpreting, Revelation was about the end. It's about what was going to happen and all the craziness that was going to happen in the end times. And so it was like, you know what? I'm going to stay away. Till I read the beginning of the book. And it didn't say this is a revelation of end times. It didn't say this is a revelation of how it's all going to blow up. It said this is a revelation of Jesus Christ. This is a revelation of Jesus Christ. And that is what this book is. It's about Jesus. Jesus is in it. He is through it. And he puts the period at the end. It's about Jesus. Turn with me in chapter 4, verse 1. After these things, everyone say after these things. things. I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. After these things. Now, if you read after these things, what does that mean? means something happened before. Plain and simple. Something happened before. Well, what happened? Who was the one getting the revelation? John. John the apostle's there, and he's getting this revelation. He's stuck on the island of Patmos, and he has to stare at the one guard that's probably there guarding him to make sure he doesn't swim off. Right? He's sitting there and he's thinking about different things that have happened. He's thinking about when he first met Jesus, how he became a disciple, how he followed him. And now he's on this island. And that would be a good place to sit on some rock overlooking the water and say, how bad things are. Really, Lord? You know what I could be doing if I was back over there where people are? I'm stuck here on this island and I'm looking at this guy. That's not what John did. From the very beginning, it says, he says, I was in the Spirit. I was in the spirit. 
Listen to me. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but some of you are here and you're going, I'm in this situation. I don't like it. Things are going to hell in a basket and I don't know what to do. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know even know where I've been and I just don't like it. And God's saying, get your eyes off your flesh and get in the spirit. Get in the spirit. You want to see God move. You want to see God do something incredible in your life, in your family, in your community, in this nation. We got to get in the spirit. It's not just about the doing of all the things, fleshly things that we do, the outward signs. All those things are wonderful because we're trying to back up what we say. But in the same moment, we have to be in the spirit. John's in the spirit. And all of a sudden, he sees Jesus. There's Jesus. And it's a little different now there in the first chapter because it's not quite the Jesus he saw that was ascending into heaven after he just told them that they need to go into all the world and to preach the gospel and to make disciples. But now, Jesus is standing there. And he looks different. Hair white as wool and as snow. Eyes like flames of fire. The voice that sounded like thunder and boisterous waters. All of a sudden, there's Jesus, and he's standing there, and he says, I'm the one that was, that is, and is yet to come. I'm the one that was living and was dead, and now I'm alive again forevermore. 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 Not just for a moment, not just for a day, not just to get you through something now, but it's forevermore. Same yesterday, today, and forever. He sees him. And Jesus says, listen. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I have the keys to hell and death. In other words, Jesus is telling John, it may look bad, but I got this. It may look bad. But I got this. And then say this to the seven churches. You know, it's, it's, it's this thing. I love worship. I love being in the presence of God. And then it's like we're worshiping and, oh, Lord, this is fantastic. I'm in your presence and you feel so great and you make me forget about all my troubles and now I'm just focused on you and everything's wonderful. And then he starts talking. And you know what he does sometimes? To me, at least. You're all holy, probably not you. Uh, he takes a mirror and he shows it back to me. I don't want to look at myself. If I look at myself, I start to see shortcomings. But what we see as shortcomings 
Jesus sees as stepping stones to the next level. If we would allow him to work in us. Starts talking about the seven churches. Ephesus. Wow, what a great church. Ephesus was a really cool church. You think about it. You had an apostle John there. You had Mary, the mother of Jesus there. Think about that. I go to the church where Mary goes to. Huh? You guys think you know it all? Well, we got the one who really knows it all. It says, you become loveless, you've lost your first love. I started thinking about this for a second. I said, it's not like they went out and decided to cheat. It wasn't like they were looking at Jesus and going, oh yeah, that one looks better over there. Hmm. It wasn't like that. When we get busy doing the things we think our loved one likes or wants, we can get so busy with those things, we forget the loved one. I got to be busy doing this for Jesus. I got to be busy doing this for Jesus. I got to go here. I got to go here. I got to do all these sort of things. And you do all those things, and you have no time for Jesus. But Jesus, I've been doing your stuff. Yeah, but if you loved me, you'd spend time with me. Where's your first love? After these things. Smyrna is the persecuted church. But even the persecuted church, which is commended for being faithful, has to be careful that they don't become the victim because Jesus made them the victor. There will be victory. Yes, there will be times of struggle, there will be times of tears and sorrow, but in the end, there will be victory. Stay steadfast. Don't give up now. You're just almost there. Pergamos, compromising church. Doesn't mean that they just decided we're going to give in and we're going to join hands. No, it means I like this, I don't like that. I like this part of the Bible. That's really good. But you know what? This one, it's, it, it's too hard. It's too hard. I like the forgiving part when it comes to me, but when I have to forgive somebody else, it's a little bit hard. I can give grace to certain things, but certain things to give grace for is hard. The real test if the grace of Jesus is working in you is if you can allow that grace to function for all the things you don't like and the people you don't like. Yeah, but that's hard. Yeah, it is. The corrupt church, Thyatira, spirit of Jezebel, 
working in and through the church. You do know that the spirit of Jezebel doesn't only just work through women, right? There are a lot of men that it's working just as strong, if not stronger. Be careful. Be careful. Sardis. It looks good, but it's dead. Looks good, but it's dead. Kind of like when we go to the funeral parlor for a week and the person looks beautiful, all dressed up, makeup, everything. Probably look better than they have in years. I didn't mean that to be funny, but I guess it was. <laughs> right? But underneath all that looks good is a lifeless body. But there is a good church. It's a Philadelphia. It's faithful. They kept his word. And then we come to the church of Laodicea, lukewarm, lukewarm. And Jesus says, I wish you would just pick one or the other. Make up your mind for crying out loud. Hot or cold, right? I don't know how people take lukewarm showers. I just don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. Because you know, if you use lukewarm water, there's a prank involved, just think about it later. <laughs> Somebody got it. Hot or cold? Make up your mind. Do I follow, don't I follow? After these things. The lesson has taken place. The encounter was first, then the lesson. And now John's there. And in the fourth chapter, again, he says, I was in the Spirit. I was in the Spirit. Listen to me, friends. I cannot emphasize enough what it is God's doing, but it's by His Spirit. Spirit. And if we're not in it and moving through it, we're going to miss it. And all of a sudden, there's a door in heaven. And the voice says, come up here. Come up here. But I don't want to. Come up here. It's safer down here. Come up here. But my family's here. Come up here. All the things I'm used to and all my safety nets and all those things that I hold on to, they're all here. Come up here. You got to let go before you can latch on. Come up here. John is now transported into the throne room. And now here's a different revelation of Jesus. There he is, he's on the throne, and he's seeing this in all his majesty and glory. 
beautiful throne. And the 24 elders around the throne dressed in white robes and with the gold crowns, and yet they are worshiping the one on the throne. And the four, those living creatures, wow, Hollywood's got nothing on Revelation. One looks like a lion. The other one has a face of a calf. The other one like a man. And the other one of an eagle. And they're all there. And the four creatures are bowing. And they're shouting. And they're singing. Holy, holy, holy. Day and night. Day and night, night and day. I won't sing, don't worry. They're worshiping him. Hey, John. Patmos is tough. But look what awaits. Patmos is rough. But look what's waiting. That same Jesus that you walked with, he's exalted. That same Jesus you broke bread with, he's worthy of it all. And he's there on the throne. This is kind of like the beginning introduction. Wow. It's kind of like when you first come to the Lord, it's amazing. I always love it when you meet people that have just been saved, they can't help themselves. I got to tell you about Jesus. I got to tell you about Jesus. I got to tell you about, guess what happened to me? Guess what happened to me? And you're like, okay. So God reminds you where you came from and where you're going and you start to get excited too. John's there and he's having this experience and he's wondering, wow, isn't this incredible? And then all of a sudden the Lord says, I got something more to show you. You've seen me before when I ascended into heaven. You saw me again in the beginning when you were in the spirit. Now you're seeing me on the throne, but now I want to show you something else. Come with me. Come with me. We're going to go on a journey. Brings us to Revelation 5. And all of a sudden, John, who's caught up in the worship, who's caught up in the awesome, incredible majesty of the moment in the throne room of heaven, all of a sudden, he's looking closely. And on the throne, there's the one seated. And in his hand is a scroll. And this scroll is causing a commotion in heaven. It's, it's a little bit crazy. Because up to now... 
Everything was wonderful. Everyone's worshiping. They're all singing to the Holy One. It's incredible. It's the most amazing thing he's ever experienced up to that point. And now all of a sudden he's transported to another moment. And wait a minute. Seems to be a little problem in heaven. There's a problem in heaven? Yeah, there was. Chapter 5. Verse 1, and I saw on the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven and on earth and under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. And so I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. When you're called up here, God will give you an insight into something you never knew. God's spirit. He can take you anywhere he wants to take you. He can take you before time, after time, anywhere in between time. And he takes John to this moment in heaven where there's a problem. Because there's a scroll, and this scroll is messing everything up. And they're getting freaked out by the scroll because this is a really important scroll, but yet they can't find anybody who's worthy to open it. What's the deal with the scroll? Zechariah talks about a flying scroll written on both sides. What was that? It was judgment. It was judgment. The thing we have to understand before forgiveness, before atonement, before all those wonderful things that we sing and jump up and down about, all those things happen, judgment has to be pronounced. Before you get a sentence in court, what do they do? They pronounce a judgment. Then the sentence can be issued. There's judgment. The sins of the world. Guilty. Down every generation. Guilty. But if judgment cannot be pronounced, the solution cannot be found. But the only way a solution that can be found is someone who has to be worthy to open that scroll. And they sent a search party out. It says they looked everywhere. They looked over the earth, in the earth, under the earth. Did they send somebody to the center of the earth? They looked. And then it says, John said, I wept much. John, why are you weeping? Why are you crying, John? Why are you crying? For those of you who are older, remember when your parents would discipline you and then go, why are you crying? I don't know, something to do with the belt? I don't know. (laughs) 
John, why are you crying? Because I just started to remember what my life was about. I followed Jesus because he was supposed to be the answer. And now I'm in heaven and maybe not. I left everything to follow him. Was it for nothing? I watched him crucified and I heard him say it's finished. I believed it was finished. Was it for nothing? I was persecuted for him. Was it for nothing? Domitian put me in boiling blood, uh, oil. Was it for nothing? I'm on the stupid island of Patmos by myself. Was it all for nothing? Did I see my Jesus suffer and die for nothing? But I saw him. I saw him resurrected. I saw him come out of the tomb. I saw him ascend into heaven. What is happening here? I don't get it. Sorry, I'm a little bit old school preacher. (laughs) What's going on here? You ever get to a place in life where you hit a wall so hard, it shakes the very foundation of your faith. You hit it so hard that nothing seems to go your way. Every which way you turn, you get slapped upside the head. Every which way you turn, it's another roadblock. It's another checkpoint. It's another obstacle that you have to overcome. And you get to a place and you say, really, God? Was all this for nothing? Did I get this far to be stopped now? Did I give my life? Did I follow faithfully? To see my children walk away from you? Did I follow faithfully? To see this happen, to lose a loved one. Did I follow faithfully to hit the same wall day after day and nothing changes? Was it for nothing? And in that moment, one of the elders says, hey, John, come over here. Don't cry. Don't cry. Look over here. Something's about to happen, and you get to be a witness to it. One of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. Wait a minute. The line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David? You mean Jesus? The one I followed? Oh, wait a minute. This gets better has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, though it had been slain, 
having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent into all the earth. And then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Don't worry about all that seven stuff. It just means perfection. John's there. And he's crying. He's rethinking everything he had been through, everything he had sacrificed for, everything that he believed. The foundation was shaken. And all of a sudden, hey, John, look over there. And John looks. And there in the midst is a lamb as it had been slain. I've heard some preachers say, the marks were still there. The stripes were still there. The holes from the crown of thorns were still there. Just been slain. But now that lamb is there. And he turns around. And he says, I have come as a slaughtered lamb, but I am a lion of the tribe of Judah. And I am worthy to open the scroll. Give me the scroll because I paid the price for it. And it was released. And John's looking. Hey, I know that lamb. I remember when he was on the cross. I remember when he was slain. And now I get to see him enter into his glory. All of a sudden, weeping turns into joy. Mourning into dancing. Something's about to break loose because everything that heaven had waited for now has just happened. And the party begins. And look what happens here. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. You have redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe, say tribe. And tongue, say tongue. And people, say people. And nation, say nation. nation. Out of every tribe, every tongue, every people, and every nation. And you have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign the earth. Come up here, John. I got to show you something. But for you to understand it in the perfect way, I got to give you a context. So I had to show you what took place in heaven. And because of what took place in heaven, now this is where we are. Remember when I said when I was ascending, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations? 
Greek there says pantata ethne, which means all peoples, all ethnic groups, all races, all creeds. Everyone. Not just the one that you like or looks like you or doesn't look like you, but you still like anyways. That's what it's about. Because it's about Jesus and him bringing the world to himself. So the world can fall at his feet and worship him. This is what it's about, my friends. This is what it's about. But, Sadarshan, I'm, I'm feeling sidetracked. I'm distracted. Get your eyes back on Jesus. But all these things are happening. You don't know the pain I'm going through. Come up here. But it's hard. Come up here. But it's hard to let go what I'm used to. Come up here because I got to show you something. There is something so much more than what you're seeing right now. So much more. I was sharing this with somebody. I forget who. If it was you, just shout. But... God's looking at the big picture. And we're looking at this little picture. Me, myself, and I, my three favorite people. <laughs> right? And we start thinking like the spies who were sent out to see the promised land. And they came back and they said, wee, wee, little bit. We're like grasshoppers. Grasshopper? We can't defeat them. And you're looking at this little piece and you're saying, I'm here. I'm on this island. I'm banished. I'm exiled. This is where it's going to end. And God's saying, come up here. I got something more. And if you're doubting whether there's something more, remember what I did. I finished it on the cross. I laid the groundwork so what's about to happen will happen. And now you just have to be in the spirit so I can put you in the place and the time so it can happen. It's about to happen. Come up here. Come up here. Pastor Zach, if you come up. I have felt this burning in my heart for the past few days. I was telling my friend, my friend John always likes to ask me before I preach, did I study? And I always say no. <laughs> and, but then I had to tell him the other day, I said, I was sitting in my living room and I started to read this. And thank God nobody else was home and we don't have cameras in the house. But I got up and I started to do a little jig in my living room. Because I said, I know what I'm going through right now. 
I know the pain of what's happening. I've shed many tears in the same living room. I keep shouting out to God, God, when does this end? I keep shouting out, is there more to come? I don't get it. I don't understand it. I have no clue where we're going. And all of a sudden now Jesus is saying, come up here because I got something more for you. Come up here because I got this. Come up here because I got the keys to hell and death. Come up here because I am your healing. Come up here because I am your provision. Come up here because I am your victory. What do you have to come up here for? It's birth simply by seeing Jesus and coming to him. And in coming to him, we worship and we humble ourselves and we worship him. Just like the elders who were there day and night, night and day, and they said, here we are, Lord, we're worshiping you. But in that moment, God's going to show you some things that you might have to deal with. Are you ready to humble yourself so you can deal with them? Are you going to be the guy? I, you know, I, I grew up in church, man. I've seen it all. I've seen all the different types of preachers. I've seen all the different types of churches. I've seen all the different types of moves that have happened in the spirit and out of the spirit. Or are you actually going to be brave enough to reach up and say, Jesus, I'm coming up. Come on. I'm coming up. Jesus. Here I am, Lord. Show me. And then he takes you through things and he says, remember that? Remember when you were left for dead, but I raised you up? Remember when everybody forsook you, but I was there by your side? Remember when I thought your children were lost, but then you got to see them all come back and sit around your table. Remember where you thought your pocket was empty and all of a sudden it was full? Remember when you thought that you had nothing to say, but I gave you the words to say? Remember when I died for you and I redeemed you by my blood? And I brought you to my throne to occupy your place. So this morning, if you just bow your heads for just a second. Sorry, I told you I'm old school. Thank you, Zach, for singing Victory in Jesus this morning. <laughs> but if you're here and you're saying, you know what? Life has been, I don't mean to offend anybody, but life has been hell. I dread waking up in the morning and I dread trying to go to sleep at night. Yes, I love Jesus and yes, I've tried to do all the things to walk in his ways and be in his spirit. But you know what? I'm on this island. It seems everyone's forgotten. But I'm still here sitting in my pain and tears.
But the voice of the Lord is coming to you today to saying, come up here. There's more to this. There's more to this in me. There's more to this in my spirit. And there's more to this that's going to come in your life if you come up here. And I just want to take a moment. If this is God's moment for you and he's speaking to you, that you just get up out of your seat and come to this altar as an act of saying, I'm coming up here. I'm leaving what's behind. I've held on to the garbage long enough. I'm letting go. I'm letting go. Because like I said before, you got to let go before you can hold on. I'm going to latch on to what's ahead. Jesus, I need to see you in your glory. Show me your glory, Lord. Show me. I need to see you on your throne. I need to see you so I can come into that place of worship. So I can be reminded of what you've done for me and what you're about to do. That I can see that big picture. That I recognize that my little sliver of my picture has a place in your big plan. says come up here in my presence there's safety my presence there's comfort there's encouragement come up here for a second and then close in prayer. And day and night, night and day, let incense arise. Day and night, night and day, let incense arise. Day and night, night and day, let incense arise. Father, gracious Lord, how we love your presence. We're so blessed to be in your presence and honored that you would say to us, come up here, and you'd give us the opportunity to worship. But in that moment, you speak to us, you teach us, you correct us, you mold us, 
and you carry us to the next thing you want us to do. And Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters that have come up here and even those that are seated and standing, Lord, that you would minister to them. You know every situation, every circumstance, you know every heartache, you know every tear. And we simply speak Jesus. We speak Jesus to them. We release the anointing that breaks every yoke and removes every burden. Defeat is being changed to victory. Death is being changed to life. Sickness is being changed to healing. The prodigals are returning. Discouragement is turning into encouragement. Mourning is turning into dancing. Tears are turning into laughter. In Jesus' name. Amen. This is Pastor Zach, and you've been listening to HPC Sermon Notes. Love you guys. God bless you, and have the best day of your life.